Welcome to Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you will be blessed by this message from Pastor Ryan Davis. Uh, yeah, this morning uh, I'm going to share about a moment, a famous moment when uh, someone who was an unlikely saw Jesus and was transformed. He was never the same after it. And I'm going to share with you about uh, Saul to Paul. And I'm just going to create a bit of context and then we'll have a pray and then uh, we'll launch into it. Sound good? Excellent. Turn to your name and go, Jesus splash. So, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> excellent. Child likeness, come on. So, excellent. Uh, in the book of Acts, I've been reading through Acts and I finished it and, and I really was struck by this scene with uh, Solitarsis where he encounters Jesus on the road to Damask- Damascus. Previously to that encounter that he had, Saul, this young Pharisee, this very uh, intelligent young man, trained in the traditions of uh, Jewish religion, excellent in understanding Greek culture, very uh, with it when it comes to engaging with Roman politics, environment, being able to navigate through that. He uh, was on a mission. And his mission was to destroy the church. His mission was to, just, to, to find those that are meeting together, the Jesus communities, rip them apart and devour them. He was breathing threats to them, putting them in prison, even uh, putting, giving uh, the yes for them to be put to death. He was wreaking absolute havoc. And it even got to the point where the, uh, it, a, a moment had occurred where he was guarding the clothes of those that were stoning Stephen, the first martyr. So this guy was one bad dude, Saul of Tarsus, a Pharisee of Pharisees. And he uh, was on his mission, taking it further, when he had an encounter on the road to Damascus where he saw Jesus Christ and he was struck and Jesus said to him, why are you persecuting me? As in my people, my church. I'm taking that personally today, Saul. And Saul was, uh, Saul in that moment was struck. He saw a brilliant heavenly light. He heard a heavenly voice and he was uh, totally like in a place where he didn't know what to do. In fact, one thing that's, that really stood out to me was that he goes, who are you, Lord? And uh, that's funny because he's contradicting himself in that moment because someone like Paul's only going to call one person Lord, and that's God. And he says, who are you, Lord? As in, oh, God, I don't actually really know who you are. And could it be for us today that the Lord's going to increase our awareness, our understanding of who Jesus is, who he really is? Could it be that sometimes we haven't seen Jesus in an area of our life, that when we see his face, it casts a new light on our lives? And we're going to get into that in a moment. But I I thought that was really uh, quite interesting that he contradicts himself it's like just in instantaneously 
He's just totally wrecked. Oh, who are you, Lord? Oh, I've just called this person Lord. Oh, he's God. It's Jesus of Nazareth. Oh. And so what happens, it's quite interesting in that he doesn't eat or drink for three days. He's praying. Um, there's a faithful Saint Ananias in Damascus. And Paul has instructions by the Lord to go to Damascus where, he, where, where something's going to happen. And Ananias has, a, has this experience where the Lord says, go and pray for Saul of Tarsus. And Ananias is like, whoa, him? That guy? And the Lord's like, go and do what I've said to do. <laughs> you know? And uh, he goes and prays for him. And it says that something like scales falls from his eyes. And he has an experience. He, Ananias is like, what are you waiting for? Get baptized. He gets baptized. And straight away, Paul launches into being the preacher of the gospel. Paul would go on to write 14 of the books of the New Testament. Isn't that amazing? And his, they called him Paul. You know, this big deal guy turned into someone whose name was called Small. Jesus, big person, Saul, uh, you're now Paul. You're little, but I'm going to be big in your life if you know you're just little. And this is what happened to him. So that, I just find that interesting. Let's pray and then we'll uh, go for it. So yeah, we thank you, Jesus. We're keeping it big, Lord. We're looking at you today. Jesus, overtake our lives today. Let Adelaide know you. Come and move even more powerfully by your spirit in this church, in this city, but before this church, in our hearts and our families. Ha! Jesus, we love you so much. We trust in you. You're incredible. You're outstanding. You're irresistible, Jesus. You stand out to us today. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for coffee. And uh, I believe if they had coffee, coffee back then, Lord, in, in Jerusalem, that you would have been one of the um, biggest fans. Uh, thank you, Jesus. All right. <laughs> and we've got a coffee machine out there. So I'm just, I just feel so blessed. The favor on my life, you know, that I can come to work and down some uh, coffee. Uh, I was at a cafe and there was a sign outside the cafe yesterday that said, um, how, it's so hard to drink such and such cups of water, but how come coffee goes down like a fat kid on a seesaw? So <laughs> that was quite interesting. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get into some scripture. I'm going to share out of this passage. Keith's been going for it. So Keith, do you want to put that scripture up on the... On the uh... Okay. Wow. Keith's got it. Keith's got it big. This is a sign, people. This is from Acts 26. Do you know the encounter of... Saul on the road to Damascus is mentioned three times in the book of Acts. If it's mentioned three times, repeated and then repeated again, it means that this encounter, this vision is something for all of us, especially given that Paul is the apostle to the nations. That's us. That there's something about this that's a reference point for us and the ministry of the New Testament the release of God's economy into the church for transformation in local churches across the nations, that Jesus would be represented, reproduced, that he would be known on all the earth. Now is the age of the church, and it's exciting. And so this is important. We're going to go back to that reference point and just calibrate this morning according to it. I love it. And so just to give a bit of context, of course, 
uh, in um, Acts 9, the actual encounter, Luke, Dr. Luke, he, he shares what happened to Saul. Then Saul, act, sorry, Paul, uh, actually shares the story of how he was converted to the Jewish people when there was a riot in Jerusalem because he was falsely accused for defiling the temple. And he tells about how Jesus of Nazareth uh, appeared to him. But he actually, things start to escalate. Paul gets himself into more and more trouble. And he actually has to appear before Felix, the governor of Judea. Felix um, is surpassed by Festus. And then uh, uh, Paul gets sent off to King Agrippa. And so now he's, Paul's sharing his, and he's recounting his story to King Agrippa about how Jesus met him. And it's, it's uh, really uh, exciting in this conversation because there's some extra details about the encounter. And we're going to share from that this morning. So let's uh, read this together. Let's all read it with one voice and get it into us. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you a servant and a witness to the things in which you have seen me and those in which I will appear to you. Delivering you from your, your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you. To open their eyes. You guys go for it. From the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by, my, by faith in me. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Awesome. I want to finish on that. The vision. You know, after this encounter, Paul didn't minister out of a doctrine, a creed, a philosophy. He didn't minister out of someone training him. In Galatians, he said, this didn't come to me from man. I didn't receive it from man. He operated out of a vision. He operated out of uh, seeing Jesus. And after that experience, he became obsessed that Jesus would be known everywhere. And in fact... When he saw Jesus, he actually saw Jesus in himself. That's what happens to us in worship, doesn't it? On the prayer meetings uh, that we have on Tuesday. You know, we sing a couple of worship songs. Then we begin to uh, adore Jesus. And just how long, however long we need, we just to love on Jesus. As we do that and we see him in the spirit, we see him in ourselves. He, his image is impressed upon us. We're transformed as beholding and becoming, so to speak, in that experience. And you can open up to Acts 26 if you want just to follow along with this. And so I want to share just three things. Firstly, he saw the body. Not only did he see Jesus in himself, like it says in Galatians, it pleased 
my God who separated me from my mother's womb to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the nations. Not only did he see Jesus in him, but now his whole outlook was changed. He saw Jesus in the church, that the church, those Jesus communities, were Jesus' hands and feet, the very body of Jesus. Isn't that exciting? I was in a Year 9 Christian Studies class, and I said, where is Jesus today? And uh, one kid, very impressed, he said, oh, he, it's where his body, where, where his body? And I was like, whoa, come on, you know. And so this is exciting that, that he would see uh, the church's body. And how many times does he talk about that in his letters? Uh, the body of Christ. And this mission of building up the body. How many people want to build up the body in this local community? Just building up the body, the body of Christ, loving on the body. So you might show my friends that whenever you saw a member of the body, he looked at them, he saw Jesus of Nazareth. How many people love it when you look into someone's eyes and you see Jesus? I love that so much. I'm like, you're looking really Jewish today. Uh, <laughs> Jewish people are very, um, are very good looking, so that's a compliment. I mean, we only have to look at the Fieldstein uh, tribe. So, so much so that he cared for so much and loved, he loved the people of, of the church because he loved Jesus. When he touched them, when he hugged them, he was hugging Jesus. Jesus had even said in his teaching that whatever you do to the least of my disciples, you've done to me. Talk about the culture of honor. Come on. If you give a cup of water to one of these little ones, you're doing it to me. Whoever receives me receives not only me, but him who sent me. That's a big deal. I tell you the truth. Whatever you did, even to the least of these, my brethren, you did to me. Turn to your neighbor and, and just have a bit of a look at them. There's a bit of a stare. Just, just for three seconds. Okay. <laughs> just beginning to appreciate. So he saw that. He saw out of his vision, out of his vision, his desire was to see Jesus in people and, and to see Jesus in community. This cultural transformation that would occur, that not just, you know, the physicality of it, but the spirituality, the vitality of Jesus' very essence, his, his personality transformed into these communities that they would then uh, begin to shape uh, atmospheres around them and culture that he wanted to know that, this body. Another thing that Saul, well, yeah, learnt about the body, Saul, is that he needed the body. This fiercely independent young man was now needing to go and visit a guy called Ananias to minister to him. He learnt dependency. He learnt interdependency now. And this is very important for us that when he saw the body, it's not a one-man show. It's not like there's the rabbis and the Pharisees. Whoa, they're amazing. It's like you are important. You are essential. You are vital. You're a member of the body of Jesus Christ. And so this is what he began to realize. And so he would depend on, on others. And he learned that the kingdom of God was flowing and moving through the church, through the body of Christ. Are you with me? That like, he knew which way the body was moving because he was following relationship, connection. It's the same with us today. You know, um, 
And I just prophesy that for this house, that that's coming upon this house, this interconnection for interdenominations. It's released now, so it's going to happen. <laughs> he learned that. Second point I want to bring out is that he called him Lord. He called him Lord. Who are you, Lord? It's like on this road to Damascus, and uh, as Brian Simmons says, demask us, you know, <laughs> And uh, something from like scales fell from his eyes. Could that be like the armor that he was protecting himself with? That he was um, uh, covering himself with? These habits of religion, but not actually letting the light of God in. So much so that it was like scales, armor, protection, and he was demasked. And so then all of a sudden, liberty, freedom, clarity. When we see the Lord, we see the light and we have a fresh outlook. It changes our whole paradigm. Our worldview is shifted. And I'm not just talking about seeing Jesus here on a Sunday in worship, seeing him in those tough moments at home, seeing him in your workplace, believing that he can be the Lord of any person, even a soul of Tarsus, and seeing that in yourself, that maybe an issue that you have, you don't have to wait till he comes back. You say, Jesus, you're my Lord. That's going to release your light and life into my nature, changing my personality. And the more I'm transformed before your coming, the more I'll be able to enjoy you and ultimately manifest you so that people see your face in my face. And that's what we're going after. That's why we believe in transformation so strongly. It's not about becoming a pastor, going through Bible college. It's about putting yourself out there every day and saying, Lord, change my heart, transform my heart so that my face becomes an expression of the transfiguration that's occurred in my heart. And it's that he's going to express himself in our lives. And so who are you, Lord? He saw the Lord's light everywhere that he went. You know, when we see glimpses of the Lord, it just changes us. And that's why we get into the Word, the, the, the light, and get into worship, because the light of the glory of the Lord transforms us into the same image. I'll never forget when I went on my first date. I'm trying to think. It was, it was probably when I was 26. I drove down Old Belair Road, um, just waiting for the one. I'd seen Louise, and, you know, a beautiful, hot New Zealand chick, and... Uh, <laughs> At a prayer meeting. So young people, you've got to go to the watering hole to find the woman. And uh, none of this Philistine thing going on. So Delilah. <laughs> and so I'd seen her and I'm like, yeah, she's a beautiful girl. And, and I had this drawing to her. But when I drove down to Burnside, because she lived near the Burnside shopping center. I mean, talk about affluence. But it so happened that she'd scored a place there. It's like as if God's saying to me, you be careful with this woman, you know. <laughs> Um, and so I went and I knocked on the door and she opened the door and like, whoa, whoa, you know, I saw her face and uh, she was just looking really fine in that moment. And uh, her eyes, her big blue eyes were just standing out at me and uh, I was really nervous. I took her uh, to my family's fruit orchard. We went through a walk through the orchard and it's really romantic. Oh, man, that was, it was a big winner. So <laughs> it was exciting. But I was changed after that. I'm like, I've got to get engaged. No one had really taught me about how you're supposed to have a long courtship and then a short engagement. My house was the opposite. So <laughs> but it's, it was good. It was good. And so same with Saul. Like he sees Jesus. He's undone. 
and forever he would grow in an awareness and an appreciation, this increase of seeing Jesus. And so that was, uh, that's exciting there. Last point I want to share is on this topic of seeing Jesus in, in, uh, in the world, seeing Jesus in, potentially, in potential people that will come into relationship with him and actually believing and, and, and the continuing the same mission of Jesus, the same mission of, of uh, Paul, that we would have that same mission, guys. Come on. I'll tell you some things just real quick. The church is going from thinking, oh, we're a building and an organization to we're a body and an organism. The church is going from, oh, look at look out the front. Here's the front to 180 degrees. Oh, we're meant to be facing that way. And, and this is what the church is going from gathering around pastors and denominational names to gathering around the presence of God. And as, as Bill Johnson teaches, those lines between secular and sacred, sacred sorry, are getting erased and natural and supernatural. And, and the, the environment of, of Jesus Christ's person, his personality is starting to shine into culture. And I'm, I'm loving it. You know, so it's like wherever we are, Jesus splash. I'm swimming in the environment of Jesus right now. And we carry that incubator and others get affected by it. It's happened to me time and time again, uh, you know, in secular work environments. And so two things to note in that passage. Firstly, I've, I've appointed you to be a um, witness. And then secondly, a minister. Let's just explore those two things briefly. A witness is who someone is. You, you, you share that which you've seen out of who you are. And, and a minister is someone who gives away what they've received. They release what they've received. And I want to share about this reference point on the road to Damascus. This vision for Paul would become, it wouldn't just stop there, it would become a proclamation. I personally have seen Jesus It's my gospel. He would then begin to proclaim and minister in proclamation out of the vision. He would declare the gospel, the whole gospel of Jesus Christ with signs and wonders. That when he shared that and proclaimed it, it would release that supernatural um, tangibility of the presence of Jesus into the, of the very same substance that he encountered on the road to Damascus. Each and every time he opened up his mouth to speak about Jesus, that same environment would happen in the room and, and come to the people. The heavenly vision, the heavenly light, the heavenly voice would come through him because he'd, he'd seen a vision that Jesus had cast. He'd caught that vision. Now he's a carrier of that vision. And vision can, will always lead to, must always lead to proclamation and then must always lead to manifestation and then as a result transformation because this is the kingdom administration through the church to release who Christ is as the incarnated, crucified, resurrected, ascended, glorified, triune God coming with his riches and resources into the church and us getting changed and that going out. That we're not some little subculture we're a counterculture, and it's supposed to cause riots. It's supposed to get the media's attention. We're not ashamed. We're bold. And this is what Paul began to do. And we've got to open up our mouths and get passionate. We've got to get obsessed, guys. 
You know, um, we've got to get addicted to who Jesus is. And that light will always make us light. He wants to demask us. He wants to declutter us. Because if we've got armor, we've got masks, we've got scales, the light can't enter in. And it causes us to be restricted, inhibited, darkened, and heavy. And, but if we let the light of the Lord into our hearts and in every area of our lives, shine on me, Jesus, shine on me, we become light, as in L-I-T-E, I think. <laughs> and so we begin to carry this substance. And when people around us, they don't feel heavy. They don't feel burdened. They don't feel like there's a dungeon. Sometimes I just look at people in the eyes and I'll pierce them down. I'll stare them down. I did that yesterday on a run. Met a guy, just started talking to him about Jesus because I know that that's powerful. You just love at them and stare at them. And (laughs) it's powerful. It's a great way. I call it facial evangelism. So (laughs) it's good. Um, And so here we are in this moment with with Paul, and he's someone who begins to do this. He says, I wasn't disobedient to the heavenly vision. And he just starts away. He started preaching at people like, can we trust this guy? It's like me in uh, Coromandel Valley when I had to turn around, you know, for like, whoa, that guy, you know, the guy that was kicked out of youth group is now, um, you know, going for it. But then as they saw this guy's legit, they really embraced me. And I'll never forget Mr. Elford at Coromandel Uniting Church. He's my biggest fan. He's saying, Ryan's awesome. You know, he's going for it. And, you know, word spread about this revolution that uh, was happening um, in, in Ryan's life, you know. And so it brings so much glory to the Lord. And uh, I just want you to note how there's two things about the gospel that really stand out when sharing uh, that, that Jesus giving Paul's saw his instructions. So he says that you would... Um, that you would uh, bring them from, I'll say this actually, from darkness to light. And darkness relates to the, um, the uh, power of Satan and the light relates to the power of God. And wherever Paul would go, he would shift people into, into Christ and Christ would be shifted into them. And in that, after that, he says about that they would receive forgiveness of sins. You might put that up, Keith, if you can find that. Forgiveness of sins and also an inheritance among all those that are sanctified by faith in me. Isn't it awesome that sanctification is by faith? And so, you know, he brings us out of our sins. That's the first thing we want to say to people when we're preaching the gospel. One of the first things is you are forgiven. This is mercy. You're not getting what you deserve. But then also sharing with them about the full gospel, about grace, You are getting what you don't deserve. You've got an inheritance with Jesus Christ, a supernatural spiritual inheritance that you'll experience on the inside of you, peace and joy and freedom. That you can be someone who has already made it. That you don't have to wait to go to heaven. Heaven is now, you know? And and that we would share that with people. So I wanted to throw that out there this morning. And so uh, this sanctification isn't just positional, it's dispositional as well. It's a sanctification that changes us. It's not like, um, the, it's not the kind of like the uh, sanctification of, okay, this, this uh, food, because it's on the altar, it's now sanctified. This kind of sanctification is this transformation, this transformation uh, that is occurring in our lives, rearranging us, melting, molding us, conforming us to the same image. 
so that when someone looks into us, they feel Jesus. And when, you, when you're around people, sometimes it's like, oops, that was like a natural moment. That was like one of those sort of funky moments where it was them. But then as they've been growing with the Lord, letting themselves come before the light of His radiance, gradually they get changed. They've been in that incubator. It's like, whoa, that person's, that was really Christ-like right then. What they did three weeks ago, that wasn't, that was a bit natural. That was a bit old school, old, old nature. But this is, this is Christ. And you know, you can be a Christian for 70 years and someone who's been a, a follower of Christ for, uh, you know, seven years. They are more transformed. Why? Because they've cooperated. They've put themselves out there before the Lord Jesus. Are you understanding this? And so the goal becomes not becoming a pastor. In fact, we're all witnesses and ministers. It's the ministry of all believers. It's the priesthood of all believers. We're all witnesses and ministers. It's the body of Christ. And so the goal becomes to be transformed. I'm going to learn from my mistakes. Oops, I didn't get that right. I'm going to go before the Lord and let Him change me by believing that this is possible. The rewiring of our mindsets by worshiping the Word. Worshiping Jesus, reading the Word. You know, getting real practical right now, coming to prayer meeting on a Tuesday morning and reading the Bible every day. You watch how transformed you get. You don't even have to wait to go to some conference or overseas to where revival's happening. You can have revival in your bedroom, in your car. You know, I was sitting in the pastor's office and that new Brian um, Johnson song was playing, I, I Will Not Forget, you know, about Jesus. And I was just having a moment. It lasted about five seconds, but I heard him singing and I felt transfiguration happening in me through, through that worship and through me partnering and joining in with Brian's worship. You know, Jesus, I was like, whoa. And we find those moments, we're changed. I've got an upgrade right now, come on. And so this is where I'm going. I'm going to invite... Um, Zeph and Jackie, and we'll put that pad loop on. But here's where I'm finishing today. In Galatians um, chapter 1, you know, after Paul had this experience, it says that he went uh, into Arabia. And it was three years, actually, before... There it is. Before he went and talked to Peter in Jerusalem and also the Lord's brother, James. Three years! He was just doing it. He was doing the stuff because flesh and blood didn't reveal it to him. It has to be supernatural. That's why I'm trusting the Holy Spirit right now. And I want you to see Jesus in this place right now. And I want you to lock into that. Where you see him, lock into that with your spiritual eyes. And I feel the Lord's curing blindness right now. I feel the Lord is curing spiritual blindness. He's demasking. I feel the Lord is opening up wider, eyes wide open to see, to see him everywhere. He wants to be all in all. (laughs) The glory of the Lord is to be everywhere. He said that he... He returned again to Damascus. He said, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. 
Would you return again to Damascus? Why don't we stand, just close our eyes? Yeah, Jesus, let us see you in the Spirit right now with unveiled faces. I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that the eyes of our hearts will be enlightened. I speak awakening right now. Thank you, Jesus. As we're on the road to Damascus, so to speak, let us have new vision for our lives. Jesus, you are our vision. Ha! Jesus, you're the vision. We catch you right now to carry you, Jesus, to go down a new road, a new horizon today, a fresh outlook on life as your light sheds a new light on various things. That there be no darkness in our hearts. There would be no darkness in our lives, in our homes. The Lord Jesus today is saying, my light must shine on you today. My light must enter on in into every part of you, my body, my church. And and my life and my nature must be wrought into your being. Because my light is the life of men. God is light. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God. I'm not just to be studied. I'm to be known. And who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? Let us never be found saying that in any area of our lives. Let there be light today in every area of our hearts. If you just want to take your walk closer to Jesus this morning, just come out the front. If you feel you want to come back to Damascus. And that was the first place he started preaching. One of the the first places. To come back to that place of encounter with Jesus. The reference point of your life. Everything is a pattern from there. Thank you, Jesus. We are worshippers of you, Jesus. Worshippers of visionaries. Ha. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I hear the Lord saying repent, but he's saying it in a very kind and generous way. He's saying, repent, turn around and see, come up higher and see, see things from my perspective. I want to give you my eyes to perceive this church, to see me in this church, to see me in this local community, to see me in the people that you don't like, you don't find easy to see possibility of souls becoming pools, to see me, to see me. I want you to see me. I want you to be undone today. I want you to embrace this moment. You've got to seize the moment. Seize this moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Some people, as Bill Johnson teaches, repent enough to get out of the red, but not enough to get into the black. Let our eyes be opened today, Lord. Let us come up higher. You're big, we're small. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want us to worship. Jackie's going to lead us, but before we do, I just want to do one more thing. If you've got a, um, if you've got a visionary impairment or partial blindness or even blindness, I'm not sure, just come out the front now. I actually believe the Lord's going to heal you today. I'm not going to be wimpy in this or weak in this. I feel, I feel the Lord's going to do this for His name's sake, for a sign for Him. The Lord is going to totally heal you. I believe it today. Don't hold back as an act of faith in Jesus. That tangible environment, His presence is here to to kill your sight today. Just come up the front. 
and uh, you could just enter into partnering with the Lord in this and they're going to be healed. So Lord, we release the healing anointing. We release the healing anointing. Healing anointing, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, thank you, Lord. Now, in the name of Jesus, now, praise the Lord. Thank you. Let's give the Lord thanks for this healing that's happening now. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Take a bit of a risk. Just a couple more things. A bit of a risk. It's someone's anniversary on Thursday. There's an anniversary on Thursday. Come and see me if you know who that is or put up your hand. Is that anyone here? That's right. Sometimes these words of knowledge happen afterwards. Like, so, yeah. Thursday, Wednesday. Wednesday. Someone here? No, that's all right. I'll leave that. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Let's repeat after me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to liberate those in darkness. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.